Hello and welcome to Gravitas Wins Conversations. I'm your host, Joseph Jude. We are living our lives on the digital space more and more. But how many of us understand digital safety? At least I don't. That is why I brought my mentor and good friend Sastri to discuss the topic. Talking about Sastri, I can't do justice to his vast experience with a brief introduction. But I'll try. I can talk to Sastri about entrepreneurship, cybersecurity, and architecting nationwide digital public governance programs because he has done it all. Even within security, he has worked in multiple domains. He has also dealt with a case of identity theft, which is what the topic of today's conversation is. I have to apologize for the low quality audio. I'm not sure of the reasons, but there were glitches in the recording. Since I couldn't re-record the podcast, I have tried my best to fix the audio as much as possible. Hello, Sastri. Welcome to the conversation. Hey, nice to be here, Joe. Let's start with this, Sastri. What is the definition of an identity theft? What are the types of identity thefts? Okay. Before we talk about the theft of something, we need to understand what it means in this context. So what does identity mean in this context in our modern lives? Okay. I had an opportunity to deal with this when we were dealing with the UID project. Yeah, it is an interesting piece because unless you understand identity, many of these related concepts are In my view, an identity is a claim of something about you, okay? In a plain and simple legal paper of the, uh, and let us say a few decades ago, and even today in land transactions, for example, your identity means your name, okay? Aged so and so much approximately, because date of birth has always been a bit of a question later or three years. Son of so-and-so, okay? Or a wife of so-and-so, okay? Currently residing at somewhere. Okay, now what you're doing is that you're trying to uniquely identify yourself, okay, or as close to unique as possible by using the context of various attributes about yourself, your name, your age, where you reside, who you're a son of, and so forth. And hopefully the combination uniquely identifies you. So the identity in this case is a claim of who you are in a reasonably unique fashion. Now, in the digital world, how exactly do you claim this identity? Okay. This is the key piece that we need to understand. It varies from context to context. However, essence of this is that, yeah, that particular claim, if that claim is stolen, then that part of your identity claim has been stolen. Now, unlike in real life, if something is stolen, you lose it, you no longer have it. Okay. However, in the case of identity, especially in the digital world, Okay. It is not that you lost your identity. Okay. For example, if I'm Shastri, the idea is that if my identity is stolen, it doesn't mean I'm no longer Shastri. Of course I am Shastri, but there is somebody else masquerading as Shastri in that context. So when we understand identity theft in the digital world, that's how I would like to uh, In how many different ways can it happen? In as many ways as there are contexts and ways that you make the claim. Okay. So if you are claiming an identity on, let us say, Gmail, okay, 
in that context, based on how you are claiming your identity, your uh, email address, your password, if you are using a two-factor authentication, that two-factor authentication, right? together is your identity claim, and that claim is what you lose through a masquerade. If you're on Facebook, then it's a different claim, different way of making it. So there, may, there can be many different ways of happening it. In the current day and age where scamsters and fraudsters are really innovating very heavily, an identity loss or an identity theft, if you want to call it, can cross over from one domain to another domain. Loss of an identity on Google Mail can lead to a loss of identity, can be leveraged and loss of identity on your banking account, okay? Or can lead to a loss of identity in real life, in physical life. So yes, hybrid domain spanning pieces are possible. Okay, thanks uh, for that definition, uh, Sastri. Can you, would you be able to share any real life example of such an identity theft? Yeah, there have been several amongst known folks, okay, but for simplicity, I'll disclose one name, that of myself. <laughs> okay, so 94 to 97, I was in the U.S. working, okay, working uh, at Ford Motham. When I came back, okay, I came back for personal reasons and I stayed in India for three years, started my own company in here. Okay, along with a few friends, and then went back to the U.S. to establish our U.S. presence to open an office back in the U.S. Within the first week of me taking a place, settling down there with family, I get a call, okay, a very ominous call. Okay, the lady who called me started saying that, "Look, we are making this call to recover our dues. So anything you say, please understand, will be used against you." Okay. It is our job to recover the money for our clients, and you owe us some few sum of dollars. Okay. I was like, you know, hold on for a second. Okay. What happened? Then it turned out when I, I, I asked the lady for details. Okay. How did you, how did I end up taking these loans? What are your records? What is your profile? So forth. The documents that she sent me were very interesting. Apparently, after I left the U.S., mm -hmm. okay, my identity was stolen with my social security number and my name. An employment record was created in a state that I never lived, okay, apparently in Florida. They created a marriage record to a, a U.S. lady, okay, and a complete personal history, and then took a credit card, took loans, and absconded. So this is a classic case of an identity theft. Okay. In my name, somebody went and borrowed a whole lot of money and absconded, and now they were trying to collect it back from me. How did it end up? Uh, were you able to get out of it? How did you get out of it? Okay. Fortunately, the records were in my favor. It showed clearly that I had left U.S. well before those records were established. And so it was clear for any reasonable investigator with police help that I was not even in the U.S. at that time, all these things happened, okay? But my first step was to flag with the credit agencies, Experian in that case. I went to Experian, immediately asked them to put a flag on my account saying that potential fraudulent activity had happened. 
Now, what it does is that it makes a claim on my behalf that, look, there are some entries in my credit history that really don't belong. Okay. So that stopped any further exploitation of my stolen identity. Okay. And then I had to trust due process. And in this particular case, due process helped me out because there was hard evidence of why it could not have been me. Okay. Uh, is it always about financial gains, this kind of identity theft? Is it always about financial gains? In my experience, in all the cases that I have seen, directly, indirectly, in more ways than one, it eventually is done by folks who want financial gain. Okay. There may be a very rare occasion of an identity theft, which is for a propaganda. Okay. For example, okay, when Mark Zuckerberg's uh, accounts were hijacked, okay, it was more for propaganda than for taking his money. Okay. So when Elon Musk accounts were hijacked, again, it was more for propaganda and uh, minor pieces. But there are, again, occasional other business, but for a common layperson, it is almost always about money. The, the cases that you talk about yourself or the other two examples that you gave, it's all in the U.S. So mm. does that happen in India or mm. the Indians are safe from these kinds of uh, thefts? Uh, I wish we were. Okay. Uh, criminals know, uh, know borders. They don't care about borders. And the more borders they cross, the safer they are because their own law enforcement is not bothered about loss in some other country. Okay. So, no, we are not safe. The only reason why I did not take examples here is because other people's lives are involved. Okay. Now, in the digital world, now let's move to the current era, digital world. How can this happen? How do these crooks find these identities in the first place, and then how do they steal? Okay, we need information about ourselves everywhere. Okay, the simplest of the cases are very innocuous, and sometimes they are done for reasons that we socially have difficulty saying no to. For example, I go to my neighboring grocery store, okay, the counter clerk there is a very sweet young lady who says, sir, mobile number. Mm. Okay. And to say no, okay, you require to be a bit of a, a grumpy person. And then like, you know, there was this jewelry store person who was saying like, no, sir, we won't abuse this number. You can give us, you can trust us your number. Okay. With your number. So it is not always done with a malicious intention, but you leave your data everywhere. You walk into a large building, the security guard asks you to write your name, where you came from, your mobile number, and so forth. Okay. And I know of instances where in the Delhi region, okay, salespeople come, bribe the security guys, give them a hundred bucks, and take photocopies of that day's security entries. Why do they do that? They want your data. So sometimes out of necessity, sometimes out of social politeness, we leave our data everywhere and every time we do that, whether it is online or whether it is offline, we are giving our information away. And most of this can be discovered by determined people. And fraudsters who get financial gains out of it are very determined. 
Okay, you you talked about we leaving this mobile number almost everywhere now. Walk me through. Okay, I have this mobile number. Say for example, I'm that sales guy, or I'm I'm the committed that fraud fraudster. I have a mobile number mm-hmm. and probably the name also. From there, how mm-hmm. can I go about? How do these guys go about stealing that identity? I just have only the mobile number, right? So how do I? How do they go about doing that? Okay, it's a combination of techniques. Okay, and some of the techniques involve some amount of social engineering. Some of the techniques involve some amount of, let us say, technical hacking. Okay, the simplest of the technical hacks that can be done once you have some amount of information. Okay, is for them to go and try some sort of a, a password brute forcing attack on an online account. Okay. Many of us need our passwords to be short and memorable if they're extra long and if they can't be easily remembered, we lose access. Uh, Because of that, passwords are vulnerable. Not all of us lose it every day, but some of us, you know, out of the billions of Indian citizens, we can safely say a few thousands of them are hackable on any day. That's not a small number to be hacked. Similarly, Social engineering, okay? We know of many cases where people impersonate bank employees, people impersonate insurance agencies, okay? And even marketing folks, okay? When you get a marketing call, let us say, from someone and they say they're calling on behalf of Flipkart or on behalf of some other very reputed agency. In fact, they're not really from that agency. What they do is that Maybe if it is in a really nice case, they receive a contract. They're just a calling center. But if they say it's a calling center, you won't part with your information. If they say I'm calling from Amazon or Flipkart or something, I have a delivery for you. This actually happened to a French husband. Okay. So the guy was expecting a, uh, a courier delivery. And apparently the guy called and said, I have a courier for you. I need this information. And this man parted his home address and a bunch of other details. And like, you know, we would have received a notification, give me your own. Okay. A delivery passport. Okay. This man was not an uneducated person, but the context of it was that, like, you know, the social education, the social cues, we want to be nice people. We don't want to be grumpy people. Uh, to be and it went through and suddenly he realized that, like, you know, oops, something bad happened after that. <laughs> so social engineering, technical hacks, any number of possibilities. Okay. Sastri, you talked about social engineering for the non-security, non-techie people. Can you go a little more into what does that social engineering means and how does that normally happen? Okay, I gave you one example. The guy posed as a courier person. Okay, I'll tell you about fly, um, about fraud where people routinely lose uh, all their life savings. Okay, uh, first let me get to the uh, root of it and start with the principle. Okay, each of us at each at our stages of life, different stages of life, we want something badly. Okay, when we want something badly, in order to get it, we are willing to believe anything if it comes with a promise that the reward is what you want badly. Okay, simple example: a friend's brother. Okay, he needed a job badly. Okay, he. Finished his graduation, looking for a job, got one, lost it due to unfortunate circumstances, COVID and such. 
Okay. Now want a job. Okay. One year passed by no job. Now desperately want a job. Now imagine this person gets an offer and says, hey, I will get you a job. It's a fantastic job with a foreign MNC company. Okay. But you need to join my training program. You need to pay one lakh fee and you will get the best job money can get. Now, the more desperate you are, the easier it is for them to track you in this. A friend's wife, she lost some money, okay, on, let us say, some internet post portfolio training, okay? And she wanted to recover that money badly, okay? So anything that offers quick money, okay, for example, all you need to do is that there, there are these scams called TripAdvisor scams. Okay, uh, I'm sure your audience may have heard of them. If they haven't, please be very careful. If there is an online job offer, all you have to do is reduce. No, don't go for them, please. It sounds like easy money. Before you know what's happening, you lose lakhs. So when the person desperately wants to recover some loss, okay, something that says there is here is some money, all you need to do is one or two small things. Okay, so social engineering starts with something that you want badly. Now, you as a, an individual at this phase may not want anything badly. So in that case, you are not a victim candidate for them. You're not a target audience. But believe me, there are enough people in enough difficult circumstances out there who want something. And these fraudsters will fight. When they make that offer, okay, what they're trying to do is to get you hooked in. And then that is only the starting point. First, they will prove Okay, for example, in this job, they will prove that you can get the money back and then you will actually get some money back in your bank account. And so you trust them. They create fraudulent identities. These are not necessarily stolen identities where there is constant communication happening. Okay, I, because I'm in this profession, I see those conversations where they say, man, I have done this and I got my money and I'm really doing that. Even today, some of the browsers, when they show you the this, for example, Edge browser on the Bing network, they shows you the moment you open it, they shows you all, show you all the news and bulk of the news are tailored for you with your city. For example, I live in Kochi. Okay, I can't imagine Microsoft. All the audience everywhere in the world will say like you know offline job offers, work three hours a uh, week, and earn one and a half lakhs. Okay, too good to be true. If I were really looking for a fantastic job and I need that extra money, okay, I would be tempted. True. Okay, so social engineering starts there with something you need badly and then very well tailored advertisements, very well tailored ecosystems that give you the confidence. These are typically variations of confidence schemes. Okay. That you step by step, you go in before you reach a point of no return. You have sunk too much money. Now you can't back out. And then you desperately hope that this is not a fraud and sink some more. Okay, Sastri, we talked about how this happens. Now let's talk about how we can protect ourselves as, as common citizens. Again, not as organizations, mm -hmm. but common citizens. How can we protect ourselves? What are the steps that we can take to protect ourselves? Okay. Okay, this part of it is going to be a little bad, okay? The common citizens at the moment, the ecosystem and the environment is loaded against us, okay? So understand 
that this is a difficult situation and the solution is not easy. Be prepared okay, uh, for that. First step to do is, as we say philosophically, okay, this is from Bowie Dialogue, constant vigilance. Okay, that is the key for securing yourself. You need to be very aware of your surroundings, very aware of what is going on. Okay. And wherever possible, resist intrusion into your private information. Okay. Simple example. Okay. At my local grocery store, if I tell the young lady with a smile, no, I don't want to give the mobile number. After seeing me a couple of times, they have reconciled to it. They don't give me any more pressure. Okay, because their manager actually asked them, you have to connect the numbers, which their job. So they try. But once they realize, okay, and there are many places where they say, it's okay, I, I won't take your number. Some don't. They don't have a choice. For example, Decathlon, apparently you are not allowed to bill without a number. Correct. Hey. So once I walked out of Decathlon without buying, okay, people who were going with me were very upset. Like, you know, why is this guy so grumpy? Why can't he give the number? It's such a simple thing. Then I had a chat a second time with the sales clerk and I asked, why do you need this number? This guy was intelligent. He told me, sir, the only way place where you use it is when you, when you have to return the goods. Then we recall this with this number. I said, it's okay. I don't worry about it. And I gave them a non-existent number. Moved on. Okay. Work. Work fine. Okay. I was entering uh, a very large MNC building. The security guy said, you have to capture all this information. You have to give us the number. I asked, how do you check these numbers, check this data? Sir, we don't check. And then he smiled and said, I know why you're getting it. Please give a wrong number itself. <laughs> I didn't want to name the company. Okay. This happened in Gurgaon. Okay. So you need to be aware. You need to be develop a little bit of thick skin when you're saying no to nice people. Okay. The actual people in front of you are not folks with uh, an agenda. Okay. True. So... And resist. So this is the first part. The second part of it, online. Okay, again, the ecosystem is loaded against you. Online merchants, online people, they want you to install their apps. Resist. If you can avoid installing an app, avoid. Okay, because apps can take your information without making it obvious that they're taking your information. Okay, true caller, siphoning your contact list is the most... Uh, Prevalent, widely known piece. Not only TrueColor. There are many other apps which simply siphon. LinkedIn, for example, for a quite some time, used to siphon your entire contact list without making it appear obvious. Okay. So be vigilant about it. Don't install apps if you don't have to. Don't give them permissions if you don't have to. Yeah. Always use two-factor authentication so that it is harder for people to hack into your account. Okay. So... Constant vigilance of various forms. For example, I am a little bit of an extreme. I don't use payment apps on my phone. I don't use any screen sharing apps on my phone. On my phone. Okay, for example, if you have TeamViewer on your phone, okay, because it makes it easier to screen share your screen, coordinate with your colleagues and so forth, then best not to have your GPA installed. Okay, True. because then... Without your knowledge, without you being fully aware at an unguarded moment, your GPA information while you're using 
could be out through the team your technical capability. Okay. So these are the things if you have using a computer, make sure that the software is up to date all the time. I have seen so many cases okay, where people don't update the software, update their operating system and so forth. Please always do that. So these are some of the okay. steps that one can begin with as a layperson. Okay. So we have talked about protecting. And as you said, the ecosystem is loaded against us. So, so it is going to be hacked. So it is not just when it is going to happen, it is going to happen. So in that particular case, is there any mechanism by which we can be notified or we have to wait for the thieves to contact us? Uh, for most normal people, on, uh, the, there is so much of theft that is going on that the impact is very uncommon in the sense that, like, you know, millions of email addresses and passwords are hacked, okay, uh, every year. Billions, in fact, okay. Uh, a large percentage of the people are not impacted by those, okay. But for the people who are indeed Im impacted, I mean, like, you know, something actually bad happens other than the theft itself. The theft itself doesn't mean a whole lot. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because at the time of the theft, you are not really impressed. No, okay, no problem. Even if I got to know. My account password is stolen, so I will go change my password and I'm done. Okay. The real deal is that if you didn't know and if you didn't change password, okay, several months later, something really bad happens, which may not be directly appearing to be connected with the other one. Okay. What it has happened, that's when you get to know first. Okay. That's a bad situation to be in. Okay. So there are sites, even some of the browser authors these days, for example, Google or Firefox Mozilla, you can subscribe to services which say clearly, hey, are you entering something, a site? Are you getting onto a site that is of dubious nature? Okay, they can't be 100% sure, but somebody maintains a list of all the potentially bad sites or most potentially bad sites that they know of. So you're reasonably covered. You don't get to know every fraudster out there, but most of the known fraudsters. Similarly, if your password is hacked, sites like, you know, Troy Hunt's Have I Been Bond, you can look it up on Google. You go enter your email address there and claim your email address that I'm the genuine owner. And if your email address has ever been hacked and they come to know of it, they will notify you. Yeah. I must caution you though, when you are notified of the hack, okay, first time it's very strange, you'll ask yourself, what can you do? Okay, well, it is hacked. Okay, you can't unhack it. All you can do is to secure your account and go change the password. So there have been occasions when people feel a little helpless. Yeah, it's getting hacked. What's the big point? No matter what I do, no matter how much I care, it is still getting hacked. I'm a security professional. And I have been, let us say, notified by how I have been found more than once. Is it because of my negligence? No. It is because of somebody whom I trusted, whom I had to do business with, their negligence. Okay. Or software that those guys bought from and the software mm. guy's negligence, there was a weakness in the software. My service provider got hacked. My account password got stolen. Okay. So, well, that's how life is. Don't feel helpless. Just simply go back and say, this is all that I need to do. For example, like, you know, somebody broke into your house. Something got stolen. 
you do your regular thing, but you also go back. Don't get depressed about it. Just go change your locks. Okay. So change your password. Okay. If, like in my case, okay, if the credit history is tainted, look for remediation with the credit history. Different states, different countries, different options uh, may be available at different times. Okay. In general, though, again, dice is loaded against you. Okay. Because it is also possible that you don't blame the credit companies, the credit monitoring companies to not trust you directly, immediately. They'll only take limited actions because real fraudsters, what they do is that they take loans, they abscond, and then mm -hmm. go to the credit, card, credit monitoring company and say, hey, that's a fraudulent, I didn't do it. Okay, mm -hmm. so they can never tell whether yours was a genuine victim case or you're actually a fraudster yourself, yeah. okay, trying to clean your own record. So it is a little bit of a tough life out there fighting against fraudsters who are very innovative. So we, we just uh, take it to the pinch of salt, do whatever you can and move on with life. Okay. Sastri, you, you talked about whatever you can. So let us say, for example, mm -hmm. I come to know that my identity is stolen. stolen. Mm -hmm. One is, as you said, the simplest thing is go change the password, enable the 2EFA. Are there any other things that I can do to either prevent further hacking or theft or even to alert about this particular identity theft? Is there something that I can do? Same thing like, say, for example, the physical theft. See, there are many cases where the minimum you need to do, okay, is to go back and notify the authorities. And... That is not possible in every case. For example, if all that is stolen is your password, the authorities, and nothing meaningful has been stolen, you don't need to tell us, go change your password, we don't. But, okay, if there is actually fraud involved and actual loss of property or money or stuff is involved, then going and making a complaint is absolutely essential. Okay? Mm -hmm. Not much may come out of it. Okay? In many, many of the cases that I know of, nothing was ever recovered. But what it does is that it alerts the authorities, it spreads the news, it gets talked about in news channels, and other people will be more vigilant. There are chances that eventually, even if you didn't recover your money, the culprits will be found and arrested. Okay. So while we may feel a little upset saying that nothing came back to me, no benefit for me, I believe it is your responsibility to go back and notify and help it. And sometimes it could come back and make, let us say, recover some of your losses, make good some of your losses. Okay. There um, have been cases where customers paid money to a different bank account because an identity was stolen and the customer was notified that like our bank account information has changed, deposit the money elsewhere. Money is gone. But when you go back and tell the customer, look, you fell victim, not I. Somebody masqueraded and you fell for the for a clan, there is a chance that you will get the money back because you have a firm basis with a legal complaint and so forth to show, okay, that you did not receive the money. And the customer True. still owes you money. Yeah. Sastri, thank you Sastri, so much for taking so much. the time to talk about this identity theft. And, and what we can do in case this happens. To all my guests, I ask three rapid-fire questions. Okay. Okay. 
So here is the first one. What's the kindest thing anyone has done for you? When they didn't know me, okay, and when I was in a desperate situation, they gave me a way out. I was at an airport when I was very young, okay, missed my flight, had no money in my hand. Okay, there was an airport manager who told me how to write a letter to the airline authorities, helping me get a good portion of my ticket share back instead of getting only 10%. Very okay. true. Okay. Uh, I tried to pay back. In fact, he even gave me some money to get back to the hotel. I tried paying that money back to that person. Somehow lost the information, did not work. I still owe that man money. Small amount of money now, respectively, but still. Okay. This podcast is about leadership. In that sense, can you please share what you think is the best leadership quality and who manifested it in your life? Ah, I can only borrow from recent experiences. There are a lot that happened in life and I have been fortunate enough to receive advice and mentorship from really great people. But the one that I like best, especially recently, is about how a leader makes a person feel. Okay. Uh, a manager or a senior guy, an achiever, may feel, make you feel that he is important. The manager is more important. And look, I'm this big, I'm this one. A leader makes you feel important. When you speak to a leader, you know, you feel good about it. Okay. This is a fantastic leadership trait. It is not a direct behavioral advice, but something that I would ask folks to look up. Okay, thank you. Finally, Sastri, what's your definition of living a good life? Ah, peace of mind. Contentment. Okay. If you are not content with your lot in life, okay, you are constantly com complaining, you're making your own outlook okay, harder. Okay. And people around you a little bit more miserable. Okay. So contentment and happiness are not two sides of the same coin. Okay. One could lead to the other, but I would rather go with contentment than happiness. And when you have that, no matter what you have, it is a good life. There is a flip side to it, though, especially for younger folks. Okay. It is the lack of commitment of wanting more that drives progress. Okay. So, like the joke goes, if you have to sit and cry, okay, it is much better to sit and cry in an air-conditioned Mercedes than under a tree. Okay. So, yes. In the initial stages of life, be a little bit in, within measure, discontent, go for progress, go for more, but eventually learn to strike that balance and mental content. Don't let that, like, you know, desire and try to get more. Okay, go out of control. Thank you so much, uh, Sastri. I think that's a good place to end. Probably contentment also will prevent us from losing our identity in the wrong places. Absolutely. We talked about it. The more you want something, the less content you are, the easier prey you are. Cool. Thank you so and, much, Astri. Uh, best wishes to you and your audience. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you like the conversation, please share the podcast with others. Have a life of wins.